Rebellions are built on hope. Welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Alberto Calderon, and thanks for joining us today on this Star Wars Saturday. It is just me, as you can see, our co-host Otis. Actually, he's down in Mexico today for a wedding, so I hope he's having fun over there. He'll be back with us next week, which is going to be a big one, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But it's Saturday, it's Star Wars, you got a lot to talk about today, especially season two of Star Wars Visions came out on Thursday, May the 4th. Just say, May the 4th be with all of you guys out there, we didn't get a chance to have a, a special episode on May the 4th, but that's okay, because we're here talking Star Wars today, as we like to say on Star Wars Saturday. So thank you guys for joining us today. As always, thanks to everyone that's joining us for the first time. If this is your first time joining us, again, thank you. Make sure you subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of the new episodes when they drop on Saturdays at 5. And let us know down in the comments all your thoughts on all the Star Wars news. We're going to cover uh, the shorts for Vision Season 2, which one was your favorite, which ones maybe they didn't hit that that mark for you guys. But maybe, maybe you enjoyed the story or the animation style. Let us know down in the comments. And, of course, if you're listening to this on the audio podcast when it drops later this week. Thank you also. And make sure to leave us a rating and a review on whichever is your favorite podcatcher out there. And hi to our friend Dale. Hello there. How are you doing, Dale? Thanks for joining us today and every Saturday when you're here. Ah, how are you guys doing? It's I know it's only been one week, but it feels like like longer since last time we were here, but it's all good. I'm just gonna real quick like I was, I mentioned uh, a f- a, last week, last week we mentioned that we had a special guest coming on hopefully next week, uh, Lydia Kang, the author of Cataclysm, one of the latest High Republic books, uh, is going to be here. Uh, it's basically 99% certain uh, questions were sent, they were agreed on, just waiting to double check something that will shoot, be resolved by Monday, and then if everything pans out like it seems it's going to then next week not only will Oti be back joining us but author Lydia Kang will be here will be going deep into cataclysm and just writing in general writing for Star Wars or her background on this so it's going to be a very fun show again so next Saturday at 5 p.m eastern make sure to be here again just make sure you're subscribed to our channel just in case you don't miss it and like 90% that the week after Tom Holler, the exec- executive um, editor from Penguin Random House, who also be joining Radio Rebellion. Uh, that most likely is going to be recorded during the week. It won't be a live show. We're still figuring out if it's going to be video or just audio. We'll figure that out in a couple of weeks. But like I said, 99% that Lydia Kang is going to be here with us next weekend. So make sure that you join us. All right, so let me check the chat real quick. I know Dale is here. Roberto, Roberto made it. And Buck, how you doing, Buck? Uh, Roberto, thanks for being here. And Buck and Dale. It's going to be a fun show. Very excited. Again, it seems just me today. I want to hear from you guys in the chat. 
as we go down breaking reviewing or talking about all the visions episodes i want to see your reactions and what you thought about each other's uh and i'll get more into it as we start talking about visions but before we start with visions we got something else to cover but if you guys are ready i'm not ready let's talk star wars and star wars news star wars news it's um a couple of star wars news i will say yeah they dropped and these are from an article from empire empire online drop a bunch of little nuggets i think thursday or friday little snippets of a bigger article that's coming. I don't know if it's next week or the week after, so we'll get more information. But there's two things I wanna cover real quick. And one has to do with our favorite producer out there, Kathleen Kennedy. And she went on to say that she's looking at Star Wars or more like James Bond and that James Bond franchise. And she says that how those movies are coming out every three to four years is not, that pressure of having to release a new movie every year. Um, nothing is likely to hit the multiplexes at least until 2025 for Star Wars. We kind of knew that, that the next movie was gonna be 2025. Here we have confirmation. And this is something that we, as fans, right? We kind of expect to hear this from the big producers out there. And she goes on to say, we're going to make these movies when they're ready to be made and release them when they're ready to be released. And this is just music to my ears. I'm sure music to your ears also. Uh, Buck out there, I know you're gonna, you agree with this Solo, right? Solo is a movie that we love out there, but it was rushed. It had no business being released in May. Like they wanted, yeah, bring it back to May because it's on Solo, Star Wars comes out in May. It got rushed. Push it to December, give it more time to breathe. It's not coming so close to Last Jedi and to Avengers movie and you have more time for marketing and promotion, the movie does a lot better commercially. So yeah, of course, movies come out when they're ready to come out. They get made when they're ready to be made. So Kathleen Kennedy, I agree 100% with this. My question is, I wanna hear what you guys think. If, every, if movies are gonna come out every three to four years, what movies coming out in 2025? Will it be the Daisy Ridley New Jedi Order movie? Would it be the Dave Filoni movie or the James Mangold movie? James Mangold, I don't think that that's going to happen now. I still think that the New Jedi Order movie is going to come out first. That one already had a writer coming in uh, with the first draft now getting redone. But I think that was a little bit more farther ahead. Not so sure about the Dave Filoni Mandoverse movie where that's at. I know he's working with John Favreau, getting, getting everything together. So that movie I think might come afterwards. But the thing is, if we get a movie in 2025, will the, will the Mandoverse movie then come out in 2028, 2029? That's probably two more seasons of The Mandalorian, maybe another book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka season one, two. So there's still a lot that can happen in this quote unquote Mandoverse to make it to a movie that comes out maybe six years, seven years from now. Unless that movie is the one that comes out in 2025 because we never know. All right, so what do you guys think? Do you think it's coming out first? All right, so Roberto's saying that yes, Solo and Rise of Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker were rushed. So yeah, good decision to take your time. It's great. And Familia is here. How are you doing, Mo? Prima, thanks for joining us. 
And before we get jump into visions, I say daily saying that all the visions episodes were hit. And Roberto is saying that he still needs to watch the last three episodes, but so far, amazing. All right, so the second news item that came from that Empire article was, again, our friend, we just mentioned him, was Dave Filoni talking about not just his movie in general, but when he goes to the movie theater, especially for Star Wars movie, there needs to be a big, epic, era-defining moment. What will this mean for his movie? And that's going to be very interesting. Uh, so he goes on to say that to him, he, he says, I'm quoting, to me, a theatrical experience has to have a big idea, a monumental moment in the time period that changes what's happening. You're looking for those moments that define an era, and that's what the films really should be about, whether it's characters coming together or a defining moment. So he's putting this out there, again, years and years before his movie comes out. What could be an era-defining moment for the Mandoverse movie? A lot of people might say, maybe this is when Ahsoka meets her end. I don't think Ahsoka's dying. I think that character's gonna live on forever. Could it be Din Djarin's fate? Maybe, possibly. Uh, we know that Throne is coming. Would it be something that has to do more, as we know, they're getting closer to the sequel trilogy, maybe having Snoke come out for the first time. So I don't know what era-defining moment can come from the Filoni movie, but it's gonna be very interesting to see what this is. He also said it can be character moments. I don't think that for this movie, a character moment is gonna be that era-defining unless we have, which I still think that Luke Skywalker is gonna show up in the movie, it's gonna have a big impact. Maybe he's the one that takes down Thrawn and that can be an era-defining moment. Is it, more, I don't know, again, it's too far still from the sequel trilogy to have Kylo Ren or Ben Solo at this point. Ben Solo might show up still pretty young, but nothing compared to what we see in the movies or, of course, with uh, Luke Skywalker Temple Burning, which we know he didn't do if you've read the comic, not the timelines book, which says that he did, but that's a different, different topic. So yeah, era-defining moment for the Dave Filoni movie. It could be Ahsoka's fate. It could be Thrawn and what he does to the galaxy to maybe send it in that direction. The New Republic is starting to keep losing, the people keep losing faith in the High Republic and gives birth to the First Order. Maybe we see the First Order rise. Kylo, I mean, uh, Snoke show up or the Emperor kind of, yeah, this is how I'm gonna survive. And it all makes sense. So we'll see. Uh, so very interesting, those comments from Dave Filoni. There were a couple other snippets that were thrown out, but nothing too big that we need to cover today. If this comes out when the article or the the issue comes out and there's more information, we'll of course cover it. But for now, I just wanted to touch upon those two points because they were interesting to me. All right, sorry as I took a sip of my water. All right, but that's not why we're here. We're here to talk Star Wars vision. And for that, we're going to go to our segment, Star Wars on TV. Star Wars on TV. All right, Star Wars on TV and its visions, season two. Let me check real quick, Roberto. You're adding that. I guess what he... What has me wondering, how does Ezra fit in Star Wars in the Mandoverse timeline? That's going to be interesting. Uh, the Ahsoka show, man, and I said it, I wasn't that excited for Ahsoka. I'm not the biggest fan of Dave Filoni's writing recently, but that trailer just blew me away. I'm so excited for the Ahsoka show. 
And we only got a little hologram from Ezra. So yeah, we don't know how he fits in this timeline, how much the Ahsoka show will connect to the Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and everything else. I don't. I still don't see it at the moment. I know she's had little meetings with Mando. We know that Luke. And she also met, of course, Grogu, Dean Grogu. But we don't know. I don't know how much this is going to be that Rebels continuation actually fitting in with the Mandalorian timeline, which was something completely different. That that's what that trailer gave me, that hint of this is totally different from what we're expecting. A lot of force uh, users out there with those two, I'm going to call them Sith or Dark Side users with the, are they orange lightsaber? Are they red? So I don't know. I don't know where Ezra fits in that story and how he fits in the Mandalorian story overall, but it's going to be very interesting to see, especially his connection with Thrawn. They've been gone for nine years, like we mentioned last time, nine years since the end of Rebels to where the Ahsoka show takes place. A lot can happen when you're hanging out with Thrawn for nine years. Maybe we have Ezra and Luke meeting. That would be interesting. Probably happens. I don't know. We'll see. And Dale is saying, I think anthologies or conglomerations could be done between epic movies as well as introducing new characters, a new era, or when a soccer character dies eventually in like 2047 when they decide to stop doing Star Wars movie then. They'll say that a soccer's dead. All right, but let's talk about Star Wars visions. And yeah, I know this is the trailer. It says season two trailer down there. I didn't have time to make a, a new graphic, but Let's talk visions, guys. This is something that I was extremely excited when it was announced the first time. These anthology shorts, they, they're not canon. They don't connect with anything that has come before or the stories themselves don't connect. So just giving studios out there the liberty to do whatever they want in Star Wars universe, what Star Wars means to them. So we had season one a few years ago, everything was these Japanese studios, anime studios, and those came out and were just gangbusters. Everyone loved them. And the thing about Visions, also for Vision season two, like you guys were saying before in the comments that you've loved every episode, um, none of them were bad. Writers still have to see three more, but you're loving everything. The episode that might be my least favorite, I'm sure it's gonna be someone else's favorite and a lot of people's favorite. Same as with season one, of Village Bride is the one that always comes to mind because most people love that episode and rank it very high on their rankings or in their tier list. For me, that hits kind of mid-level for Village Bride. And my favorite was The Twins, which a lot of people disregard, but I just love the energy in that in that short, how chaotic it was, the colors, the movement, everything just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And that just caught my eye. And I loved it. I know it wasn't for everyone, but that's what I love about Visions. And probably what's going to happen with my ranking. As we go, I'm going to hear from you guys. I'm sure you're going to cuss me out. You're going to say whatever. I'm just seeing here <laughs> Buck already saying that he loved the Spy Dancer. And I'm just looking at it on my list and he's going to him and Roberto are going to jump out from the from the channel to just smack me around a little bit. Roberto saying that Spy Dancer was great, hit him in the fields. But for Vision Season 2, they did something I really wanted. Last time when I was here with Lauren from the Galactic Podcast, we were talking about what could Season 2 be. And I went, yeah, just go out. Just have to be all in Japan. 
Star Wars reaches all around the world, and that's what they did. I thought that we're gonna just stay with one country at a time. I thought I I didn't thought I wanted them. Let's go to Mexico, right? Mexico has this huge history, cultural history that can work great in Star Wars. I think it still can, maybe for Vision season three. And I still want to see that Force Ghost Day uh, Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos with Force Ghosts, the Nether Realms of the Force and all that. I want to see that incorporated, incorporated. I think it can work, so we'll see how that goes. So comparing it with season, with Vision season one, it's very difficult. Like I just said, these are different studios which all have the liberty to do whatever they want, the vision that they want, haha, <laughs> pun intended. So it's very difficult to compare them. I'll say, yeah, straight off the bat, I haven't watched all the episodes more than once. I've watched a couple, two times, twice, and also watched the behind the scenes with the studios, with the creator studios, and those are great. These, those are just as good as the actual shorts. So I do recommend everyone out there to watch those little 10 minutes behind the scenes of how each episode gets made, because that gives so much information to things that you, you can, okay, I saw that, it's great they got confirmed but also things that you might have missed. Maybe something didn't connect and when they explain it, it's okay, it makes sense. I understand why they made that choice. So those shorts behind the scenes are some of my favorite. I will say also, and I feel so bad ranking these, especially the, some of the ones I have in my bottom, because when I watch those behind the scenes, which I haven't watched all of them, I watch, I've seen most of them, I see all the heart or the dedication that they put behind them. And when they discuss and the meaning behind the stories they're telling, the characters that they're telling, the choice that they make, it makes me feel, okay, it makes sense. It's That's a great idea. It just didn't connect with me on a personal level. And I think that's with Vision what separates it from a lot of other Star Wars. Like I mentioned before, everyone's going to connect to something different in all these episodes. So we're going to have different experiences watching all these nine episodes. And what's going to draw us together for, draws closer to those episodes are our live-in experiences because with most of these studios, they're just coming from what, not just what Star Wars means to them, but the story of their culture. A lot of this, when you see those behind the scenes, is their culture is melded into Star Wars and their experiences. And that's what I connected with my current experiences as a parent, uh, as a Puerto Rican, uh, growing up in Puerto Rico and in the United States, and everyone connects to different things. And that's why all our rankings are gonna be different. It's that emotional connection that you have and what draws you into the characters or the story that they're telling. So again, my rank is gonna be very different than yours. Not, I'm not bashing any of the episodes. All of them were good. So I'm not saying that my least favorite was bad. I just didn't connect the same way that a lot of people connected with someone else. So again, your experience is gonna be different than mine and all power to you, all power to me for what I think about them. We're just gonna have fun. All right, so oh, and what I was saying, just watching them once, all of them once, and like three or four I seen twice, I think I preferred season one of Visions. I think there were more episodes that just blew me away. Uh, the Twins, the Duel, uh, the Nice Jedi, the Elder, those for me were just top tier Star Wars, and I love them. Here, there's a few that I really, really, really liked. I don't know if any one of them, just probably my first one, just like, okay, this was just awesome. Everything else I liked. So that's why I would rank season vision, vision season one ahead of season two. But that's just me. 
All right, so before I jump into my ranking, let's see, also Buck and Roberto love the Spy Dancer, most than that. I don't know if I was just overly emotional, but they all made me cry. There's a, there's one that got me, got me in my feels. Roberto, your least favorite was Journey to the Head, Journey to the Dark Head. Um, and I say, I understand you tweeted this out and I understand why, and you said the dialogue. Most also saying, in these stars and I am your mother, my favorite, but I've only seen each one once and it's difficult. My top three, and I'm just jumping ahead a little bit, Any, all of those three were my favorite one at some point today as I was write, uh, writing my ranking, they all jumped. It's very difficult, especially just watching them once or twice. Depends on that time of the day, how you feel in your mood, they're gonna hit you different. Mo, yes, Vision Season 3 gets a Mexican studio for an episode, and then we have Star Wars Celebration in Mexico. There you go. Announce it in Japan, and then we'll get it. All right, and Roberto saying it's going to mute for the ones I haven't seen, so give me a hit, please. All right, so you haven't seen the last three. The last three are The Pit, Our, Our Song, and what's the other ones? I think... The, What's the, and if someone just put it there in the chat, if you know which one. I know Owl's song is the last one. I think the pit is right there. I wanted to say that it was, band, no, not Bandit of Golax. Anyway, just let me know the last three. Well, you'll, I'll say the name and then you can just mute it for a little bit. Actually, I'm just gonna do some production here. While you guys just wait on me, I'm gonna check real quick. Sorry. Oh, I just had it. Here we go. Okay, so the last three were, maybe, here we go. The Pit, Our Song, and the Bandits of Golag. So those are the last three. So I'll let you know, uh, Robert, when we talk about those. And then Buck is saying that he's not, a fan of anime, so I'm not a big fan of season one. Season two just sings to me, love most of these shorts and like the rest. And again, it's very difficult to say that one of these didn't hit. We just connected them different. And that's the thing that what you just said, uh, Buck, that you're not a big fan of anime and that's why you didn't connect too much with season one. That was my thing with the ones I didn't connect here. And maybe I'm just glancing over the style of animation is very important to me. If I don't connect with the style, the story is great. Again, all these stories were great. I just didn't connect with some of the animation styles. And that's why I ranked them a little bit lower. Just, I couldn't get through those animation style. And that's why my rank is a little bit. And also, I know a lot of people have complained that maybe there's too many Jedi versus Sith story. Let's get out of this. Star Wars is more than just Jedi and Sith. I understand, and there's a lot of them here. Maybe they're similar in the structure. I love my Jedi and Sith, so I didn't have that problem. But okay, if not <laughs> enough, kind of dilly-dallying and just pushing it. So my bottom three. <sighs> so number nine, sorry guys, is the Spy Dancer uh, from La Cachette Studio in France. So the Spy Dancer, which Buck and Roberto just mentioned as some of their favorite and a lot of people out there mention as their favorite, and this might be between this and I think it's some, a different 
between this and Screecher Rich is gonna be my village bride, the one that everyone loved, but I didn't connect with it that much. So, Spy Dancer. Again, it's a great story. We have stunt troopers and Imperials going to this club, to the studio to see a performance. They, <laughs> see, I have no taste. I know book, I'm sorry. I knew it as soon as you said that you love this one, it's gonna get on me. Uh, but it's a great story. Uh, this mother that lost her child years ago, decades ago to an Imperial, and now they're part of the rebellion, helping the rebellion uh, follow where the Imperials are to take him out. She's doing this dance performance, which is great, very uh, entertaining, alluring. She's throwing out these trackers that's just connecting to all the stormtroopers to be able to track them later, see where they're heading. And there's another group of rebels just hiding out basically in the sewers waiting for them. And then this other, who are there? Hetis, which is the younger girl in the show that wants to do more, not just kind of show them around. She wants to be part of the show. And Laurier, I'm sorry, I know these are French names and it sounds a lot better when French people are speaking it. Uh, she's the one, the main character here. So the animation is the only thing that I'm glad this was a 50-minute or 70-minute episode or short. If this was a whole feature, I probably wouldn't be, and I'm not gonna, even going to watch that. But this story is great. It's something we haven't seen in Star Wars. Again, she's tracking all these troopers. This Imperial comes in uh, general or something. She thinks it's the one that stole her child. She goes there straight to kill him and then sees that it's someone else, figures out that it's her son, which he has no idea. He was raised by the, the by the Empire. Has all the that's his old living experience. So a very interesting story. Something we haven't seen in Star Wars, and it's that could easily be a canon episode if they wanted to say let's continue this story because there's a lot to build there. How was this person raised? Did he ever ask about his mother? Was he only raised by his father? Did he had a stepmother? Had anything? that tries to connect with this person he just met. So it's a great story that has a great continuation if they want to follow it. I just couldn't connect with the, the animation style threw me out a little bit, but I understand why a lot of people out there loved it. It's just a great story, something we haven't seen before. And I really like the characters also, I'll say that, because even you can have a great story with, great story with bad characters, but I really enjoyed the characters and what they were for, right? Especially Hattis that wants to do more for the rebellion, the people that are just building the ships to help everyone get out and come and save the day. I really enjoyed all those characters. Unfortunately, I just rank it a little bit lower. Um, Roberto, you're right. The animation did grow on you as historian folded. It did grow on me a little bit also. But this one, as soon as we seen the trailer and some of the promotions behind it, I already had, maybe that's my fault, had already in my, the back of my head, this is the one I'm not going to enjoy too much. But again, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't bad, let me say that, it wasn't bad. All of the episodes were, were good. It just ranks a little bit lower. All right, so number eight, it's another one that a lot of people loved, but this is, again, just how you connect to stories was The Pit. Uh, maybe it's because it was lower, it was episode eight at this time, maybe I was a little bit tired. But The Pit was another one that just ranked a little bit lower. I haven't seen a lot of people 
talk about it, but the people that do talk about it do rank it pretty high. And again, it's more about oppression, uh, bringing these captives, these prisoners, these slaves, basically, the, basically to do slave labor there, just put them around on some patch of land and just start digging, just digging their graves, basically. And just keep bringing more and more and more just to dig this big pit, as they say. And when it hits you, it's when they're just, as the pit gets bigger, the city behind them gets larger and brighter and growing. So just working for someone else, you're putting your life here just so other people can can be rich and just living it out there like 200 meters when you're dying, just mining these kyber crystals that they're using to create this affluent society on the other side. So again, a very powerful episode. I should say that Pit was created in conjunction between Lucasfilm and Dodge Tao from Japan. So USA and Japan working together. I didn't write down the name of the director, the creator of this is someone that works at Lucasfilm. He came out with the story and then this Japanese art studio is the one that created all the animation. Um, so yeah, they just keep digging till they hit the end. And once they hit the bottom, the empire forgets about them. Okay, they reach the bottom. Um, oh yeah, sorry, Roy, I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, I was gonna talk about this one. Uh, it reminded me of the Dark Knight Rises as he starts climbing uh, the pit. Go, go, go. Uh, follow the light. That's the chant that they're doing after Crux, which is the main character. He finally reaches out. He said, hey, I'm going to go to a city. Once they know what is happening here, they'll come and help us. I was afraid that once he got there, they were just going to shun him away. Uh, yeah, you're just a, a homeless person. We don't care what's happening outside our walls. I'm glad that didn't happen. Once they came back and kind of got away from the empire's way or the empire just got out of the way saying, okay, let's just leave. There's nothing here. Reminded me a little bit also of all the protests going out there when there's this clash with the police. I thought we we're going to reach that point. I'm glad that we didn't. But also the stormtroopers just threw crocs. I don't know how high up just killing him right there in front of everyone. So again, it was a very powerful episode. Just one that I didn't connect to with with that much, but it's that point of, he says something else, we built this city. Crux is, Crux is saying, we built this city from our hard work, which we know that a lot of America, all this, what people think when they think about the great time in the nation was created from slave labor. So a lot of the slave helped build the city and the, uh, the White House and all that stuff. So that's very close connected to what happens in this episode. So very powerful. It just, I didn't feel that connection as I did with the other ones. Okay, Roberto, we're good. We're good to go now. So, all right, there he is. Roberto, you're back, you can go back. All right, so number seven, and this is the one that I think also people are gonna, just gonna say, what's wrong with you? So number seven from my bottom three, number seven is Creatures Reach which is another one that people out there are just falling in love with. And I go to the same point that I just had with um, the Spy Dancer in his, the animation. And Squishy reached from Cartoon Saloon in Ireland. And there is our Academy Award nominated animation studio. So again, they know what they're doing. I know nothing. I understand that. 
But this was, was another one that this type of animation style, the hand drawing didn't connect with me, but I saw that behind the scenes that, behind the scenes with the creators, and I just fell in love with all the hard work that they do. And to create the, the creature, that witch, that Sith witch, which is just oil paintings, basically, that's great. Um, it was uh, the artistry behind it. It's amazing the way they just create those. I just had my thing. Yeah, Robert, I know. And you're shocked. I, and I'm shocked also. It's just the same thing. This story, I love this story. It's a very Star Wars story. This is almost Luke Skywalker and Ray, right? Wanting to do more. They can't, they know that they have to do more with their life. They can't can't keep doing this. Uh, capitalism, uh, where uh, I lost my, it's just, they've just been working. They're in this rows and rows of work, industrialism, just you gotta work, work, work. And she, uh, what's her name? I can't believe I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. She's just done with it. She's, I can't do I'm just going, I'm going to Screechers Cave or Screechers Reach. Are you guys coming? Her friends go with her. Again, very Star Wars. Like, I need to do something to get away from what my life is right now. Her friends saying, yeah, we're 100% behind you. Even if it's scary, it's dangerous, we're going to be there. Love the music. The music is very haunting, especially they're going to this cave where there's supposedly a ghost. Love that. Um, searching for hope, searching for meaning in your life. Again, that's what this person wanted because the dark side, and that's, I did love that. It You expect it's going to be a Jedi like Luke, like Ray, like uh, Anakin on Tatooine, just wanting a Jedi to come and grab them and say, hey, yes, you can do more. The corruption and the temptation of the dark side, telling this person, this young girl, you can do more with your life and I'm here to take you away, but you gotta kill someone, basically. You gotta kill this witch, which is a ghost. So this is your dark side cave, which I, as soon as I went into the cave, I knew this is a dark side cave, very similar to Yoda in Dagobah. And in the behind the scenes, they mentioned it. This is their, their dark side cave. So the story, I loved it. Animation was a little bit but when you see that it's not a ghost, it's an actual Sith, basically, a Sith witch just there about to kill them. But the, the rocks fall down and she's trapped. I thought it was just going to get out. But again, that temptation of the dark side, if you want to actually leave this place and try to do more with your life, you got to end her. He kills her and then the ship comes down. And you're not sure at that point if it's a Jedi, it's a Sith, it's an angel coming down. But as soon as you see the black and red and the design of it, it was a safe and letting go your friend saying, okay, it's your time to go out there. And this person, okay, I finally did it. But then when that door closed down and she's looking back, tears on her, on her eyes, I'm like, did I do the right thing? Probably not because the dark side. But again, I love this story, love the music something different that we haven't seen how the dark side corrupts when you are at your lowest point but it had to fall it something had to be number seven that bottom part bottom tier and that was it all right and now we're going to the middle tree oh before we go roberto is adding that what killed me is that talk about there is a better or worse life beyond and we got the answer at the end yeah yeah they did can a lot of the, uh, yeah, I guess most of them, not Telegraph, but they 
do tell you at the end what they were going. And our friend Brennan is here. Page turners, they were not. Make sure you're following Brennan on his podcast and YouTube channel also. All right, so now we're jumping to our middle three. So middle three here's not yet. At this point, I still, I knew where I was going. Probably from five to number one is when it got difficult. Uh, this was, I'm surprised I put it at number six. I almost had it a little bit higher when it came out. I know a lot of people didn't connect with this. I saw a friend, Roberto. And number six is Journey to the Dark Head from Studio Mirror in South Korea. So I understand why the dialogue was a little off. Um, I did watch all of this in English. I didn't have time to switch to the different <clears throat> languages, the actual studio languages. So hopefully next time I, I'm able to do it. But this is one and also for Buck out there. It's the animation style, right? I love animation, anime. I like anime. I would say I'm not caught up with everything that's going. But I love anime. I think it works in the Star Wars universe, especially when it's stories of Jedi and Sith. I think the fighting style is very unique that you can do a lot of crazy things when it comes to lightsaber fights. And that's why I think anime works. And why I didn't hate or didn't put this too low on my rank is like some people out there are doing. But the story is not, I would say the story is not as good as Screechers Reach. The story of Screechers Reach is, might connect a little bit better. But again, it all comes to what I'm watching for 15 minutes. And Darkhead to me hit that, like Roberto saying the animation was great. If you don't like anime, maybe you fall on, on the other side. But the duel, again, a great design, great Sith design for Bichan, which is the Sith, and then Tool, which is the younger Jedi, which here, a very Star Wars story, right? Tool is a Padawan, his master was killed by Bichan, and he doesn't turn to the dark side, but wants to kill the Sith that just killed his master, and he can feel the dark side and the, the hatred and all that behind this little kid, and he says, you're not ready yet. I'll come back in a few years. And basically, I'm going to make you my apprentice when you're ready. So that's something that I really enjoyed. It's something we've seen in Star Wars. So one other thing I should have said at the beginning when I'm looking at visions is what kind of breaks ground, what it feels totally different for things that we've seen before. And this is one thing that we've seen before. This other person that works or lives in this planet uh, did I write down her name? Probably not. And she was in these temples, not Jedi's, but they have visions and premonitions or stuff. And she goes to the Jedi to say, hey, I found this, this rock from when it's raining. And we have this premonition. There's two big uh, statues, one's Jedi, one Sith. Everything's covered in clouds and storms. I think if we destroy the Sith statue, the evil one, I think because a lot of in a lot of these stories, not this one, but people don't know about the Jedi and, and Sith too much. But if we cut the head of this evil statue, then everything's gonna go back to no normal. The war's gonna be over because the Empire is always fighting and the Sith are always fighting and they're winning. We need to do this to end the fight. And something that I love, and I think they said it more at the end, is when they say war and conflict will always happen, but nothing is nothing is certain. So there is always hope. And that comes from Tool, the Jedi Padawan. And yeah, 
and something that unfortunately happens in real life, right? There's wars going everywhere. People are killing each other. We don't understand why. Why can't we just get along? Well, there's always hope. Nothing is certain. Even though war and conflict will always be there, nothing is certain. And that's why hope is so important. That's why hope is always there. Uh, we also have this Sith doing a very Vader and Luke line saying, join me, same as Vader did to Luke. So it did hit a lot of those Star Wars beats that we've seen before. So I understand why not a lot of people connected with it. I did enjoy it, but it's not on that top level. All right, so Buck, you're saying that Journey was low on your list. It's the acting and the storytelling. Acting makes no sense. People never act like that. And the pacing is so jerky and abrupt. And I do agree, it was a little bit weird, some of it. I, I really enjoy this type of animation. So I think that's why I connected with it, with it a little bit more. Uh, Mo is adding that I like the final message of Darkhead, even in ways of despair, there is hope. It's very Star Wars, exactly. And Roberto is finishing up saying, also, I love that the head switch colors, everything is not as it seems, so we can always make that decision to change. Maybe like those four statues, very Jedi of them. All right, Roberto, we're jumping to another of the episodes I haven't watched yet. So I'll give you another thumbs up when we have done talking about it. And this is my number five. <laughs> I love this one. This is one that I wasn't sure this next five, all of them could have ended up in the top three. But a number five is Out Song from Triggerfish, South Africa. I, I just talked about um, animation style. I love this. This was so tactful, right? Um, it was sock puppets or felt materials. You can see that texture on it. You just wanted to grab those characters and take them with you. I need all the plushies that you have from those characters. Um, what's her? Uh, Ow, Ow, first called Ow Song. It was beautiful, like you're saying, Mo. The animation was beautiful. And the story, again, we're looking to what breaks the mold was a different type of story. This was a different type of story. It changed a lot in Star Wars. We know in Star Wars, there's no red carbon crystals, right? Uh, the Sith need to kill a Jedi, take their carbon crystal, and bleed it. Put all their negative energy or the hatred or the dark side powers into that carbon crystal to bleed it, to turn it red. Here we have the opposite. It's the Jedi doing something to fix the Kyber crystals. Love that. And I love that Ao, and we figured this out at the end of the short, can't do this with just her song. Every time she sings, there's tremors, there's earthquakes, because the Kyber crystals react to her song. Again, blown away by this idea. But yeah, I just love those characters so much. So yeah, corrupted Kyber crystals that are brought back by the Jedi. Um, they were also mining for carbon crystals. And this, again, this came right after the pit, episode the pit, which they were mining carbon crystals to then create this affluent city where the workers had no connection to it. And you could see that divide in the society. Here they were mining carbon crystal in a totally opposite way for something positive. So that juxtaposition of having those episodes back to back, I think worked great. Was it child labor that they had Ao working so so young, cleaning all those giant beasts that they have out there, those grooming those giant creatures? It doesn't matter. Um, 
but her songs purifying the kyber crystals and then this jedi that's there that usually takes the kyber crystals to fix them she's like she can do this she just created this wonderful world all those caves just all the, everything went out everything grew from it all the red colors went out all the, uh all the blue screens came back flowers and then kratu or yeah kratu is the name of the jedi and a lot of this episode are what star wars does when it pulls out your heartstrings when a parent needs to say goodbye to their child because they know they're going to have a better life out there or to help them reach their potential and here our father has to do that just let her daughter go because she's going to be able to do more with her life out there with this jedi so i love seeing that another great um star wars beat always always it's always crushing for people like me and we'll talk about that in a little bit more but yeah our song and moya the planet was gorgeous everything about that that short as soon as it started i fell in love with it all right roberto we're back we're back now with my number four and I love this episode. I thought it was gonna be my top three. I don't know, but it ended in number four. In the Stars by Punk Robot Chile. Come on, here we go. Latinos, Hispanics. So, In the Stars, another great episode. Sis mm, sorry. Two sisters dealing with the death of their mother and basically with the death of everyone in this planet. The empire came and what does the empire do? They colonize colonialism, industrialism right here in your face. And it's one, yeah, Mo, made you cry. This one connects with everything. Again, for everyone out there that hasn't watched that behind the scenes, that behind the scenes with Punk Robot tells you how important this episode is for all of them, especially talking about colonization and industrialization, how it kills their planet uh, and their, the country. They went to Patagonia to shoot a lot of the, to know what to, the planet was gonna look like. They go to Skellig Michael Island. Um, and it connects a lot to the real nations of Patagonia, the main characters, uh, Cotton and Ticina. So they put a lot of their culture in here and the animation. Talk about mixing styles. They have claymation and stop motion with 3D animation. Um, they have miniatures, they create miniatures, then they 3D tracking to be able to create them in 3D. So they have miniatures, stop motion, 3D animation, just brought everything together. And then their mom, which again, they lost their mother young, they don't know about the Jedi. Her mom was force sensitive. These two kids are force sensitive. Maybe the older one knows it, but it's trying to hide it to keep her, her, her sister safe. Their planet is ravaged. There's no clean water. She needs to steal it. But being a kid, she goes in, her sister goes in to help and gets captured. But against the little guy fighting the big bad empire, that's Star Wars. Even though here for people that said, like I mentioned before, kind of tired of just Jedi versus Sith, Jedi versus Sith. We have, we have Jedi or four sensitive people fighting the empire. The big, the little guy fighting the empire, which is Luke, is Andor. It's all those other things coming together. So here you have the four sensitive people and just regular people fighting the empire just to bring their planet back. So Punk Robot did a great thing. In the stars is a great um, short animation. Again, something different out there. 
And I just love this. I love this episode. I love the meaning behind it. And again, seeing the behind the scenes from the creators just gave me another appreciation for it. All right. Uh, so Buck, like you're saying, you really love in the stars. Something about it just hit right. Roberto, you also connected with it. Wonderful story, wonderful animation. Mo also adding that the character design reminded me of Pan's Labyrinth. Maybe that Pan's Labyrinth is one of my favorite movies of all time. So visually, Roberto, you love the textures, the mood, that it feels lived in everything. So, and again, another episode that when they defeat the Empire, all the darkness grows out and life starts coming back. We see the meadows start to grow, there's grass, there's flowers, there's mushrooms, everything is growing. There's life again after the Empire has been defeated. And I guess that there was a scene of their fighting the ATS, the who, which killed her mother and just using the force first to save her sister and then both of them to bring down the ATSD and everything else. Great, great job with in the stars and the name. You just gonna love that name. All right, here we go. Top three. This was a difficult list. This top three was very difficult. I just had to do it probably about two hours ago. I came up with my top three. And like I mentioned before I started, was any of these three or these three were number one at some point between last night and today. Before I start, you guys are out there in the chat, just put the, which were your top three? I just wanna see what your top three were. I know, I know uh, Roberto, you haven't finished watching them, but so far, what's everyone's top three? <sighs> All right, so, and with that, I'm gonna say, Roberto, I'm gonna talk about the third one you haven't seen, which is my number three, The Bandits of Golag, 88 pictures from India. So if you wanna take a couple of minutes, Roberto, we'll give you the thumbs up again. <sighs> All right, so, <laughs> oh yeah, about the great king of the past from Lion King vibes, yeah. So The Bandits of Golag, this one I loved. I love since it started. I love that they're on a train. Every Star Wars movie or TV show that has a train scene is great. And the bandits of Golag didn't disappoint. Um, this was amazing. Talk about gorgeous looking, the colors, the music, the feel, the character design. This was all the culture of India put there. I, the behind the scenes with 88 pictures basically they love Star Wars. They love the culture of India. Let's just bring India to Star Wars. And it was amazing. The music against the characters and the end, we'll get to it. But it's imbued with Indian heritage, the folklore, the music, the color, the food. Also that they're talking about, the, what is it? Lepi, I think it was, or Le yeah, something like that. The food, uh, they were so great. Uh, Rani and Charuk were the main characters. They created new rebels, the Jangori, and all of this is based, based on Indian heritage and folklore, a lot of stories, bringing all this together. We see a lot of great creatures, alien creatures in this train that we don't get in a lot of the other episodes. We got in this one, we got in the one we'll talk about afterwards. We saw a lot of different Star Wars creatures. It all starts during this train, it's Imperial train basically just going somewhere. They want to be safe. Their dad was left behind. He's trying to find a better life for his kids. And they just, he just sends them to this palace basically or to this place 
they're just trying to get there, but this train has to pass through this uh, channel, I guess, which is filled with bandits that they call them or just ravagers. And it's just the rebels in these new creatures that they created. They're called the Jangori, the rebels. Um, but once they get to the, to the village and it opens up, it's this open plaza and they're just having fun. There's this musician with four or five arms just talking, playing like five different instruments at the same time. And it's the one which people on Twitter talked about. It's the one with the older woman and the cane that opens up to be two lightsabers. Come on, that's freaking awesome. But talking about like I said, animation style was great. We haven't seen this. All the colors, it makes it Star Wars, but you right now that this is, has all that Indian heritage from all the costume design also. And it's not just Jedi versus Sith. Here we have Jedi versus Inquisitor, right? I love seeing the Inquisitor all black as we know but they bring in all those gold accents that just pop great, giving kind of a little green face. So it's not just human, it's a little bit alien behind it. But I love that that lightsaber battle. When she opens up the lightsaber staff or her cane has two lightsabers, the Inquisitor, of course, with his double-bladed lightsaber, kind of surprised that there's a Jedi in Golak. The battle was great as she's trying to save these two kids because the little girl is force sensitive, which she's using to steal this flute at the beginning, which comes, of course, back to play at the end when she gives it back to her brother. Very similar to Owl's song, the end, when the little girl is let go. Here, the brother has to let his sister go to go with the Jedi. I guess there's a Jedi temple under this water, this fountain. Like, same thing, you're good now, you're safe. I was able, I kept my promise to my to our dad. I brought you here, you're safe, you're gonna be better over there. You can start your life or continue your life in the way it was supposed to be. So love, love the bandits of Golak. The animation style, the color is probably my favorite music on all the nine episodes was here. And I just love the design of all of it. So bandits of Golak, when I saw it right to the top, it went down now to number three. But again, very, very high. All right, so here you said, Mo, your top three were in the stars, I am your mother and the bandits of Golak. And you can see we have two of the same in the top three. Buck is adding Spy Dancer, Sith in the stars or Screechers Reach. Again, it's, it's very difficult to, to just select three. And uh, where am I? And Roberto is adding, again, he still has three. So his top three so far are I am your mother, number three, Screechers reached two and Sith number one. All right, Roberto, we're back. We're back. We finished talking about Bandits of Golak. Uh, let's see if that changes with the last three. And Mo is adding, I'm turning on myself with my top three. Family and Star Wars just sits for me. All right, so here we go. All right, what's Buck is saying? I have a I have them broken into categories, love and like. I had five love, the other four like, and that's a great way to go about it. All right, so my number two, my number two, could have been my number one very easily. Talk about getting emotional. I am your mother, Artman Studio from the UK, uh, Wallace and Gromit, claymation, stop motion. This is different for Star Wars, but just give me a whole show, a whole season of this type of animation. I just love this one. And I tweeted this out. It's really, as a parent of an almost in like 
four months, my daughter will be a teenager. So of course she's in this stage that she's embarrassed or I think that her parents do, my, myself, my wife. So this is, I was there. This, when I say, I said at the beginning, the animation towel is important and why we connect to it. My living experience right now as a father, father of an almost teenager, this was made for me. So this is the one that got me emotional. Um, oh, Buck, thanks for being here. Much love. You just heard my second one, so you can figure out what my top one is. Well, Buck, thanks for joining us. And be here next week. We're talking to Cataclysm with Lydia Chang, Kang. Lydia Kang, so you got to be here. All right, my number two, like I said, I am your mother. Love the animation. The animation, probably one of my favorites. It was funny because this is what Arman Suyos does. Very funny. A lot of Easter eggs. Uh, we had the Mandalorian helmet, the insurance helmet that her, the mom uses as a to block it out when she's welding stuff as a welding helmet. Uh, the kid had a Hera poster. Um, Annie, Annie's the, the little girl, the 13, the teenager. She has a Hera poster. Uh, there's Luke's training remote. Luke's hand, separate hand from Empire Strikes Back is there. Uh, Slave Leia's outfit or Hot Slayer. Leia's outfit is there. So there's a lot of hidden Easter eggs that work great as they're going to this family race. Of course, Annie doesn't want her mother there because she's embarrassed. Uh, she's just, um, they're twilights, so she just has this big personality. Their ship slash home, what is it? A, uh, the space dog. It's just a box. They call it a porta potty at some point. So, of course, she's embarrassed. She doesn't want her friends to see this. So, understand why she didn't invite her mom to the race. Um, I love her design with the Leku and the orange Starfighter pilot, X-Wing pilot. Uh, they call each other Red 1 and Red 2, so very Star Wars. Love the designs of the ship, the <laughs> evil girl with her mom. Uh, Dorota and Julan have this, it looks like a Nabu space cruiser, was black and then red glass for that canopy. I love that design. I love the, the Wookiee that's there with the little one that they're making fun of and he just rips the arm off from the store so the other kids get scared. Of course, we had seen from one of the pictures, the stills that they gave out before, the porta potties in the back. There are three sizes for humans, for Wookiee and for Jawa. There's a Jawa at the beginning. And again, it's a story of, again, a parent letting go of their kid. They're growing, we gotta give them their space. But at the same time for the kid to understand how much love their parents have for them, why they're doing what they do. Why do we embarrass our kids, right? Because we love them. We want to give them that space, but we're not ready to give them that space because especially your firstborn, you're so attached. You gotta, you gotta be careful with letting them go in the universe. So you don't wanna sever that connection, but you gotta give them that space. It doesn't get severed in a negative way. And here we see how Annie and her mom are battling that space in the behind the scenes. They talk about when Annie starts getting frustrated and not angry, but embarrassed by her mom and anxious the lights everything turns red around her because yeah they're going through a tunnel with red lights because an alarm turns on but that's why and then it starts getting back to lighter colors and a blue shade when she finally understands that her mom is there to help so i love that uh, i love the little droid z1 which is basically r2d2 as a dog as a slinky dog i love that 
the evil girls, Dorota and Julian, their ship has a little Death Star that pops up and has a Death Star laser to take out the, the competition. This was a combination pod race from the Phantom Menace and the episode The Racer from the Bad Batch. It just had that same feel. And I loved it. I said, and I said it for one of my first podcast episodes, I would love a movie or a TV show that's a Star Wars racer, just racing in space with starfighters. Different, I think it would work great. Like the Resistance had the, for the name of the group of the racers. Give me a show that's just that. Animated, give me live action. I prefer live action. Give me a show or a movie of a racing. It would be great. And this kind of get me, hit, hit me in the right fields. But at the end, it's just emotional. Again, as a parent, understanding that your child's are growing, it's difficult sometimes. So this is the one that, that literally, really hit me. Yeah, so Roberto, you're saying that I know your mother is special. So unexpected, clever, funny, super cute, wonderful colors, emotional, relatable. You need all the toys. This space dog, dude, this space dog mode, as a Lego set, that would be gangbusters. People would go crazy about with those. And all those little things, this one I love when I see all the behind the scenes and all, everyone does, all the animation studios do this, they create the little toys because they use them, of course, as a stop motion studio, they have to create them to be able to move. Then you can see them there and you just give me, I want all of those. So very similar to our song that just the texture and the animation style is so different from what we've seen in Star Wars. They just grabbed my eye so quickly that I loved it. Love I Am Your Mother. Couldn't be number one, but just fell to number two. Yemo, yeah, of course I do. I am your mother. I just kills you. That was me. That was me when I watched it Thursday, Thursday night. Actually, I watched it on Friday. I don't think I even watched it on Thursday. <sighs> that just leaves one. Which one is number one? You've said it. Sith. Sith from El Guiri, España, from Spain. You knew that Hispanics were gonna hit with it. And I love, Star Wars knows, Lucasfilm knows. Season one starts with a duel, Sith versus Sith. A Sith wants to live in peace and another Sith comes looking for him. Sith in season two, same thing. People love the dark side. I've been mentioning since an hour ago when we started talking about this, animation style is very important. And what I'm looking for is what something hasn't been done before. Blow me out of the water with your story or your, your creativity, your animation. Give me something new. See, this is something new. This is, yeah, it has shades of the Spider-Verse, but just more chaotic, more broken down, less perfect. With that, yes, drawn out. It can get kind of graffiti loop where it got stretched, it got clawed. It's corrupted like by the dark side a little bit. But I love the idea behind it as this person, Lola, the Sith, as we learn halfway through it, trying to get rid of the dark side through painting, through art. But there's always something. Where is it? What she says, there's dark, darkness once we part of the painting. I think this is at the end when she realizes that she just can't get rid of her past. You need to embrace your past to be able to move forward. And everything as she's painting and she's just concentrating, everything's still turning to black. But sometimes it just 
when she opens her eyes, it's bubble up and there's a lot of colors out there. And she still doesn't know what she's trying to create. And yeah, Roberto, it does, it's, it does it different from Spider-Verse and Puss in Boots. It has, you know, takes that and just molds it into something different. Give me one of my favorite droids in E2. I want that. I've said, I'm going to say it in a low voice so my wife doesn't hear me. I said this was going to be my last tattoo, my little Imperial Probe droid. I wouldn't mind getting an e E2 tattoo right here. Love, love that droid tiny. So it's BB-8 on steroids, right? This ball with three legs with a head that shoots like a cannon can drive this General Grievous spider bike. Love the droid. Love everything about this episode. When she gets on that, <clears throat> that Grievous speeder just to check the probe that got destroyed, and then the, the Sith comes out. And we see this Sith, we saw him in the little trailer I played before. Talk about great Sith design. And the two droids that he has with him, awesome, with jetpacks flying out. Love all the design. And when they get back to her little hideout, her little house, which again, the planet, and I said it like in every episode, go watch the behind the scenes. When they talk about how her home is basically just created from her imagination. And then the planet is completely different. All this ice planet there, barren, no color. And then inside it's all the color, everything's coming back together. She's trying to find herself in this. And we get the Sith master that he calls himself. And this was her apprentice and he's trying to get her back because once you're a Sith, you're always a Sith, right? And she said, turning the little Ahsoka line on its head, I'm no Sith. And that's when she sees that the darkness wants to be part of the painting and she realizes I need to embrace it. Not as, not as a great Jedi, don't give me this, but embrace your past to be able to conquer it and move forward to your future. And she turns on the dual lightsaber. Again, another thing that I didn't catch the first time but watching the behind the scenes, if you know Spain, red and yellow, very important to them. That's the color of their flag. That's the color of her lightsaber is yellow. Fighting the Sith has the red lightsaber. And when she turns on the second blade, which is red, she has the Spain, the Spain flag right there. Again, cultural relevance is very important to all these shorts. I love that connection. And the design of the lightsaber hilts is very important. Check that out. So a great lightsaber fight, a great lightsaber designs. Um, Playing with colors during the fight is just awesome. Everything breaks away. And again, embracing everything, every part of you to be able to move forward. And using art, using color to control the dark side is what she's trying to do. Love every simple aspect of this. So I said at the beginning that I loved a lot of the episodes of season one. Here, I did like a lot of them. I wasn't sure if I loved them. I think the more I think about it, the more I talk about it. Sith is one that I love really love and it can't go head to head to any of the season one and then of course i and your mother is right there with it so great great job with all the studios again my top three number one sith by el guiri spain number two i am your mother artman studio from the uk and number three the bandits of golak 88 pictures from india so whew, that's a lot of talking. So again, great for, you, great for you guys to let me know in the chat what your top three is. 
where I should say, and Roberto, you know, either come back and let me know in the comments or you let us know on Twitter once you watch the last three, <coughs> if your ranking changes. You still have Bandits of Golak, The Pit, and Owl Song. So let me know how you feel about those. And everyone, anyone watching this later on the replay, just let me know in the comments what your top three were. If I'm crazy for, for having Screechers Reach and the Spy Dancer and The Pit in my bottom, just let me know. <sighs> All right, so that does it for our Vision Season 2 talk. But we're not, actually, it doesn't with our Vision Season 2, just my coverage on it. But we go to, when I hear from you guys, one of my favorite segments, and it's Rebel Thoughts. Well done. You're a rebel now. A rebel now. So I put this out there just for you guys. So let me know what you thought. What were your favorites? I got one coming back from a new friend. At and this is surreptitious, surreptitious, yeah, serendipity. You know, surreptitious at grassroots Jedi says her favorite Sith imbuing paint with the Force opens our minds to the nature of the Force. It was genius. The bandits of Golag, that Sith Inquisitor had to be the scariest looking one ever, along with the significance of the flute, brought the whole story to a perfect balance and our song, but also goes on to say, it's impossible. It's simply impossible to pick a favorite. I think whoever picks a favorite should probably rewatch them all again. I am going to. And I understand Grassroots Jedi. It's very difficult, almost impossible to select a favorite one. And I think as to do what I mentioned before, we all are going to connect to these episodes and these shows very different from the person next to you. And that's just because of our living experience, our cultural experience, and our state in life at the, at the point that we watch them. And that's, again, just Star Wars in general, in general, we connect to it differently at different stages in our life. So these episodes, really, we connect to them depending on our stage. So thank you for your comments. Thank you for your rebel thoughts. And we'll get back to it next time. All right, so we're starting to wrap up our episode for this week. Real quick, Roberto, people love those. So I have high hopes for those three episodes you haven't watched. And Dale, you're finishing up saying, imagine if Oti were here, we'd be at two and a half hours by the time we got to number one. I know, you're right, Dale. I was, and I'll tell you why. Not why Oti's not here. Like I said, he's at a wedding in Mexico. I was going to get a guest. I thought about asking someone to be here. But again, we're an hour and 10 minutes. I knew we we're going to be long, so I didn't want to go too long. So that's why I didn't get a guest. Maybe next time, because Lauren is great at this. I thought about calling her up again. But <sighs> all right, so that brings an end to our episode. Again, thank you, Dale. Thank you, Roberto. Thank you, Mo. Thank you, Bog. Thank you, uh, Dale. Thank you to Crassus Jedi for sending their question, I mean, their comment. Uh, Buck, thanks for being here. So thanks to everyone for joining us today. It's always fun, even when I'm by myself. Just I did this by myself for I don't know two years almost, but I'm not by myself. I'm with you guys in the chat, which makes this a very lively show, and I love every single moment of it. I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. Be here next week. Of hopefully Monday or Tuesday will be the confirmation tweet. I started promoting it, but. Lydia Kang, author of Cataclysm, will be here with us live next week to talk about her book, her journey writing Star Wars, differences and difficulties between writer writing characters that she creates on her own versus legacy characters, Yaddle. We're going to talk about Yaddle. It's going to be great next week, so be sure to be here. All right, that's all for this week, guys. Thank you for being here as always. Stay safe. Be safe. 
Almeida Force be with you.